It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Saints, your go-to number one spots for everything you need around your Carolina Panthers or your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And today we have... Um, what might be the crossover for the most meaningless week 18 game on the schedule. Let's get it. It's Julian council Woo! at Julian council on Twitter from locked on Panthers. Myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, Nola, uh, from locked on saints. Uh, today's crossover Thursday episode brought to you by our friends over at prize picks, prize picks. So much fun. We absolutely love it. And we know that you're going to love it too. It's super simple. All you have to do is pick uh, two to five players choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize pick projection. And if you get those right, you go up to 10 times your entry. There's no competing against other players. There's no like mystery pool of money. You're winning some mystery pot out of or whatever. It's just you versus the house it takes you less than 60 seconds to apply. You could have already done it by the time that I'm done running my mouth here. And for first time users, you can get a 100% instant deposit match of up to hundred dollars just by using the promo code locked on this prizepicks.com promo code. Locked on. Julian, obviously there's a massive story in the NFL right now with the condition of DeMar Hamlin. So we want to start off by saying that you know, we, we continue to hope for the recovery and uh, you know that he comes out on the right side of all of this. But the NFL still expects a Week 18 to be played. So that means that teams like the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers that don't have any postseason life are still going to go out there this weekend and play. So what's the biggest story bringing those Carolina Panthers out on the field here in New Orleans this weekend? Yeah, Ross, I don't know about you, but I am absolutely fired up for this Week 18 matchup between the Carolina Panthers and Let's the New go. Orleans Saints. Let's Everything go. is on the line. And, That's right. Well, not really. Not this is our Super Bowl, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. Look, the Panthers have a chance to sweep the Saints. And yeah. that doesn't happen very often right. in the last five years since the Panthers were the dominant team in the NFC South and they won three out of the four di- uh, three straight division titles mm-hmm. was in the playoffs, four out of five years back when Ron Rivera was here and Interim head coach Steve Wilkes was the defensive Ooh. coordinator and secondary mm-hmm. coach. So it's been a while since the Panthers have been able, to, been able to have the dominance over New Orleans. So I'm interested to see if that happens. I will say one thing about Tamar Hamlin. Um, Kenny mm-hmm. Robinson Jr., who's on the Panthers practice squad, he has known him since they were in middle school. So mm-hmm. Steve Wilkes talked to the media on Wednesday and talked about how Kenny is really dealing with that. As you would imagine, someone yeah. whose best friend had that occur to them on Monday yeah. night is still in critical condition, fighting for their life. And you have no idea – what the more Ham- Hamlin's life's going to be on the other side of this. Of course, right. you and I we and everyone out there hopes that he can live a long, prosperous, fruitful life, and he can hopefully maybe get back to football, but that's obviously not more important than him just being able to live a normal life moving forward. Yeah. Kenny Robinson Jr., someone who's affected by that here in Carolina as he was sent home on Wednesday to figure it out, and we'll see whether he's back and able to play 
on Sunday afternoon. Really hasn't been he hasn't been elevated most of the season anyway, so not really mm -hmm. a guy you're gonna miss, but someone who's certainly affected personally by yeah. that. I'm not going to say a tragedy right now, but by a, a massive scare that we had on Monday night in that game. Now, as far as the biggest story here in Carolina, coach season's already begun, Russ. Oh, yeah. It's that time over there, isn't it? People are. <laughs> they're fired up. I got people in my DMs at Julian Council on Twitter asking me, like, hey, man, talk about Harbaugh. Oh, I'm seeing this guy down in Greenville, South Carolina, is reporting that Steve Wilkes is unlikely to get the job. And there's going to be all these other rumors that are going to go on. And the big one this week is it's not really a rumor. It's a fact. Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Right. Head coach at Michigan coming off of his second straight Big Ten title and going to the playoff and losing to TCU. Go Horn Frogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. He had a conversation with Panthers owner David Tepper about the job. Now, it Ooh. was not a formal interview, okay. but they had a conversation to kind of feel each other out and whether this potentially could develop into an interview and then a long-term relationship as Panthers head coach. So folks are interested in potentially Jim Harbaugh. There's talks mm -hmm. and conversation of whether Steve Wilkes will maintain the job or really have the interim tag taken off and become the Panthers full-time head coach in the locker room on Wednesday. You had guys like Sam Darnold who were endorsing him, Bradley Bozeman, who's been outstanding this year as a center of Carolina, Deontay Foreman, who's really had the best year of his career. Oh man, he's been great. He's, yeah, yeah. He's been awesome. Like he's been talking about him as well. Uh, so many guys in that locker room are behind Steve Wilkes, Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson. They've been the most vocal over the last couple of weeks. So really it comes down to, you know, what's the coaching cycle going to look like once we get to Monday when David Tepper can officially start interviewing these candidates. And people aren't really mm -hmm. focused on the game. They're focused on Harbaugh, Wilkes, yeah. Miko Ryan, someone else. Who's going to be the next Panthers head coach? All right, I, I haven't heard you say the name yet, so I'm just gonna ask because I know all the Saints fans are wondering oh, boy, where yeah. where's where's Sean Payton in the in in the Panthers crosshairs. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. They'd have to pay a lot. Like, that's a premium right there. <laughs> so please, like, I was looking this up earlier today. Let yeah. me know. Is it they have the Saints? The Saints have his rights through 23 or 24. 24. So the next two seasons. Yep. I have a hard time seeing Sean Payton coming to Carolina because, well, they're in the same division, right. and the Panthers would have to give up their top 10 pick. The Saints yeah. don't have a top 10 pick right now because that belongs to the Philadelphia nope. they, Eagles, unfortunately. They gave that away to the best team in the NFC. <laughs> so if the Panthers want Sean Payton, what that says to me is they're banking on Sean Payton building a winner more so than they're banking on any of these rookie quarterbacks coming in and being mm. the answer for the next mm -hmm. 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I just don't think you really want to make that proposition of the coach over the quarterback in mm -hmm. this situation. And also, it's going to cost a ton of picks. Yeah. It's not yeah. just going to be this year's first rounder. It's possibly going to be next year's first rounder. And the Saints, they should try and fleece the Panthers. They should try to get everything. They should try to get ownership yeah, rights sure. of the Panthers. They should try <laughs> and, and get everything they can out of the city of Charlotte. If the Panthers want to have Sean Payton. So I don't think it's a realistic option. I also don't think Denver's a realistic option. If you believe the reporting that he wants to be yeah, Fangio to be his defensive coordinator, uh, yeah. Fangio just got fired from Denver. So I don't right. think that it's new ownership. So maybe Vic will be okay with it. I have a hard time believing that, but I don't think Carolina is a realistic option. Although David Tepper might try and throw a bag at Sean Payton, but that bag's not enough, man. Cause you're also yeah. going to give up a ton of picks to try and build this team. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest piece is that like trading him within the division mean or trading for him from within the division means you've got to pay 
the biggest price tag. Like there's no longer a bidding war. The bidding war doesn't matter. You would have to pay uh, the premium of highest. Premium. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A real King's ransom there. Uh, I love the idea of, uh, you know, just, just, just like one block in downtown Charlotte, like just to send it over here. We'll take it. We'll take the commerce, whatever for the city. Um, that, that's awesome. I, I love that. Like there's already sort of this understanding of like looking ahead there. I think that a lot of saints fans are in the same place too, but I think there's going to be one specific thing that's going to end up being the big story for new Orleans. That's going to keep them engaged in this game. It's going to keep fans engaged in this game. And it's about that Paulson Adebo is out. So the new Orleans saints starting corner opposite Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore missed 10 weeks with the lacerated kidney came back last week, effectively won the game for the new Orleans saints whose offense picked up like 66 yards of offense in the second half. They were atrocious in the second half not able to move the ball and you know uh Marshall Lattimore gets a pick six puts points on the board the Saints beat the Philadelphia Eagles 20 to 10 so in that game or before that game when we learned that Marshall Lattimore was going to play there's been a lot of conversation about when Lattimore returns who will start opposite him second year corner Paul Sinadibo who had a fantastic rookie year has kind of had ups and downs this year but has been solid uh, for the majority of the play or Rookie cornerback Alante Taylor, who the Saints drafted in the second round, who has been magnificent uh, anytime that he gets the opportunity to be out on the field. Hasn't gotten an interception yet because one of them got erased for because of a penalty at somebody else. And then another one was like, a, I think he was out of bounds or they considered him out of bounds, whatever. But uh, Alante Taylor is going to get the start here. And that's big for him. He's going to have a nice matchup. I assume he's going to see a lot of, of Shai Smith, a lot of, uh, a lot of LaVisca Chenault. And then of course, like DJ Moore, cause the saints tend to play sides. They don't, they don't travel with receivers and DJ Moore is good for at least like one seventy yard catch every time that he plays the <laughs> new Orleans saints. So it'll be interesting to see who that one's on, but it's going to be a big game for Alante Taylor. And I think a big opportunity for him to prove, to kind of put a stamp and say, Hey, I deserve at least, at least like, consideration for this role in 2023. Okay. Alante Taylor, a University of Tennessee alum, right? Aha. Uh -huh. Go Vols. Fantastic Go Vols. player there. And uh, you also, you have a couple of Vols down there. Um, oh, Calloway yeah. Calloway as well. Calloway, of course. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, is, yeah is I think uh, I think it's a matchup that DJ Moore will like if he's on his side. I don't mm -hmm. think we're too concerned about that. And Carolina's had secondary issues over the last couple of weeks with J.C. Horn, who was officially placed on IR on Tuesday, mm -hmm. he's out for the rest of the season, which is, of course, only one game coming up here on Sunday. Dante right. Jackson out for the rest of the season. And that's honestly why the Carolina Panthers and Saints aren't playing for anything this Sunday because of the beat-up secondary in Carolina. Because had they had J.C. Horn, I don't think Mike Evans has the kind of day he has on Sunday afternoon against the Panthers. Yes, yeah. Tom Brady, the GOAT, look, GOAT-throwing deep ball. But C.J. Henderson, been a terrible trade the Panthers made last year. And then Keith Taylor, fifth-round guy out of Washington a year ago. Not like you expect a lot out of him. When you lose your top two corners, those are the results. So it'll be interesting to see what Alonzo Taylor is able to do in yeah. this uh, Week 18, which a lot of times becomes evaluation season. Yep, now the Saints 100%. looks like they're going to have the same coaching staff next year unless there's something that I don't know, maybe that you can tell me. I would imagine some coordinator that, changes. I would imagine some coordinator changes. Yeah. So Dennis Allen will be back. Maybe mm -hmm. Sean Payton comes back at his job. I doubt that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. um, but who knows? There's crazier things have happened. So they're in evaluation season. The Panthers, it's a little bit harder for them to do that because you don't really know who's going to be the coach. But it right. could be Steve Wilkes. So I'm sure he's still evaluating who the guys are on the roster. And Scott Bitter, the general manager, and David Tepper, the owner, also probably wondering, hey, what kind of young guys can we get out there and see what they could do next year as far as being impact players for Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a Saints fan and you just heard what Julian said, if you're wondering if Chris Olave, New Orleans Saints rookie wide receiver, can get the 18 yards needed to be a 1,000-yard wide receiver on the season, it's looking good. 
It's yeah. looking pretty good. <laughs> looking pretty good. Um, we've got much more coming up. Julian and I got to cut up a little bit. We're going to shake up the format uh, for this crossover Thursday. Um, the matchups, who really cares? So we're really going to kind of dive into like the impact of this game and what it could mean. Uh, and then when it comes to predictions, we're going to start looking toward the offseason, like what the what this game could mean for the offseason and, and, and how the offseason could play out for both of these teams. So some really interesting stuff coming up uh, for these two division rival, division member teams, the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. So we got that coming up for you as we continue on with this crossover Thursday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, uh, there's a line for this game, if, if, believe it or not. Uh, the Saints are favored minus three and a half for this one. So you can go and uh, if you feel good about that and you want to get in on uh, the final Saints game of the season, the final Carolina Panthers game of the season, great way uh, to do that. There's also uh, tons more. There's still end of year awards that you can bet on. There's still some coaching stuff that you can bet on as well, especially with all the cycle about to get started. And then, of course, the NBA, MLB, NHL, all the other things that are going on around the world of sports as well. So go and check them out today over at Bet Online. They've got all the odds lines props news scores podcast too we know you love sports podcasts you're listening to this one so if you want some others you can do that it's the quickest and easiest way to catch up on all the trends and action going on in the betting world so go and check them out today betonline.net where the game starts this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, Julian, continuing on with our crossover Thursday here. Julian Council locked on Panthers. Ross Jackson locked on Saints. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Don't forget to go and check out Locked on Sports today as well. Get all the biggest stories around the world of sports with our local experts. Uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. So let's just the matchup here is like this game versus the off season in a way, right? Like how this game ends yeah. up impacting these teams. So, so you mentioned this team wanting to come out to compete for Steve Wilkes. Obviously that's one point, but how, how else does this game uh, impact the Carolina Panthers? I think the impact of this game is far more important for Steve Wilkes, as far as like whether they win or lose than sure. it is as far as the draft pick. And I know a lot of Panther fans are going to be thinking to themselves, please don't win for the love of God. All we <laughs> want to do is move up in the draft, get closer to that quarterback. Mm -hmm. but if you look at it right now, like number one overall is going to be Houston. If they're smart, they'll take Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. The Colts are going to be right there behind them. And I'm imagining they're going to want to bring in a rookie quarterback, likely CJ Stroud. Now, Jim mm -hmm. Harbaugh is the Colts coach. Maybe not since he's a Michigan guy. But I feel like they're going to get C.J. Stroud. I don't think he's going to let rivalries get in the way of that. C.J. Stroud. No, he got a, he got like the closest up close and personal look at him than anybody that is an Ohio State, you know, as opposed to anybody that's an Ohio State coach. 
Yeah, so Stroud's not going to be there at six or seven or eight right now with the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. sit at nine. They're going to have to trade up. So I don't think it matters whether they win or lose as it pertains to the NFL draft and where the Panthers are. You're going to have to trade up. And that's the reason why they traded Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco. They right. got an extra second-round pick. They got a third-round pick. They got an extra fourth-round pick to be able to do that so they can move up. That's the equivalent of a first-round pick. And, of course, you would swap your first-rounder with whoever's in the top ten there. Maybe Detroit's willing to move back. Maybe it's Seattle. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to be. But the Panthers can trade up. They're going to have to do that to acquire the quarterback of the future, barring that they don't trade those picks away to get Sean Payton to be their head coach instead. So I don't right. think it really matters whether they win or lose. I know there's been past Saints games where the Panthers have played a week 17. I think it was a Kyle Allen versus Teddy Bridgewater game. Yep. Where Kyle Allen played phenomenal. And the mm-hmm. Panthers won that game, and Panther fans are like, oh, why'd you win that game? You cost us in the draft order. Well, the Panthers don't really do bad when it comes to first-round picks anyways outside of Vernon Butler. So I don't think it's all that big of a concern for Carolina Panthers fans when it comes to the draft. They're going to have to trade up if they want to get that quarterback. Yeah. For Steve Wilkes, I do think this is an important game because what this team has always done under Steve Wilkes, outside of the OT loss Atlanta and then losing against the Cincinnati Bengals, who if you look at the Bengals now, fantastic team. I'm not sure how that game with the Buffalo Bills is going to factor and whether they're going to continue it or not. They have a chance to be the number one seed in the AFC if they do end up playing that game, or I don't know what's going to happen. So that's no really shame in losing Cincinnati and getting blown out. But after every loss, for the most part, outside of that game, they have come back and they have played hard. They have been physical. They have played the kind of brand of football that he wants them to play. And he said after the loss on Sunday to Tampa, we're going to finish. He said it again mm-hmm. on Monday. What men do is they finish. He said it again on Wednesday. Like the goal, the word of the week is we are going to finish. Like, I don't care about whether we're not in it anymore. People think this game is meaningless. We're going to go out there. We're going to play our style of football. We're going to finish the job. And I told, he said at the beginning of this, his third, he said, I have 13 weeks. I'm going to do it my way. So he's going to hold That's true awesome. to that this whole week. He has these guys locked in, ready to go. And as I mentioned before, all these guys are playing for Steve Wilkes. All these guys want him to be the head coach. And if that's the case, I expect him to go out there and play hard on Sunday. And if they do and they win and Wilkes gets to six and six, and you look at the context of it, Matt Rule fired after five weeks. You're one and four. You come in your first week against the Rams on a short week as a head coach, like he because he didn't take over until Monday right. afternoon. So that's short week, really, for the staff. Mm-hmm. And you have guys like Bill Snow, the defensive coordinator, get fired. Ed Foley get fired. You have staff changes throughout all of that. And to be able to change the offensive philosophy from that first game where they wouldn't even let P.J. Walker throw the ball over the across the line of scrimmage to right. how they've been one of the best running teams since Steve Wilkes take, took over, how Sam Darnold's played some of the best football of his career. And I know he had three turnovers on Sunday, but a lot of those weren't necessarily on him. I mean, a couple right. of them not necessarily on Sam. But still, Sam's played his best football of his career. The defenses look good. He has found an identity for this football team, something that Matt Rule could not do in 38 games. Steve Wilkes was able to do in really three games as a Panthers head coach. You look at the context of a 6-6 six and six record as the interim head coach, there's a lot to be gained for Steve Wilkes as the Panthers team win, wins the game on Sunday afternoon against New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's so funny to hear you talk about like identity because I know that was such a big thing for the New Orleans Saints early on is what's the identity of this team. And I think down the stretch, they found it. I mean, they have a chance here to finish off the season uh, you know, with four straight wins. They could be five and two in their last seven, which is kind of the reverse of uh, what they you know, started as last year. And so I think that, you know, you look at where they found their identity over the course of these last seven games, less than 20 points allowed or 20 points or less uh, allowed over the course of those past seven games. It's been on the defensive side. Marshawn Lattimore winning the game on a pick six when the offense gathered 66 yards in second half, all of those things. 
So I think that like that becomes a big part of what this game is for the New Orleans Saints. So we talk about like game impact for the New Orleans Saints. I think there's something about momentum going into the offseason. You know, it, you, you, you get people to buy in. You show the winning culture. The guys on expiring contracts want to stick around or it's easier to get them to stick around. It's kind of a recruiting play in a way, like yeah. when you're on your biggest stage at the end of the year, that kind of thing. Um, but I also think that like just furthering what the identity of this team is and finding what they've got there, I think is going to be huge. Um, you know, look, you've got Cam Jordan, who is a 12 year veteran who just won defensive player of the week in week 17 of a season where he had an orbital bone fracture like mm -hmm. that. There's so many things there that show you how much this team has continued to fight deep into the season. So all the things you're discussing in terms of valuing a team's fight toward the end of the year in favor of Steve Wilkes, like a lot of that speaks in favor of Dennis Allen as well. And so I think if, if, if the expectation is that Dennis Allen's going to be back in 2023, you want to make sure that you continue to establish who you are a as a team and, and going out there and, and finishing, and I think finishing strong. And so I, I look at that part. I look at, you know, the New Orleans Saints defense has been outstanding. They allowed, like I said, 20 points or less in the last seven games. That hasn't happened since, since these guys were here, Julian, the Dome Patrol and everything. So, like, that's, that's a huge boost to what that defensive identity was supposed to be and a defensive identity that has – Still not like, and in the preseason, there was an assumed secondary to start this season. Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Debo on the outside, Bradley Roby in the slot, and then at safeties, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. Those five guys have not played a single snap together all season. And now they won't because Paulson Debo is not playing in, in the week. So that assumed starting five in their secondary will not play in a, a single snap together in 2022. So they've had to wow. change things, move things around, like all of this other stuff. And so like, and that's not an excuse for losses, right? I mean, they've won games despite that, but it's just about identity, right? And figuring out who they are and all of that. So I think like a week 18 game like this, where a lot of people are going to look at it, like we're making jokes about how it doesn't matter and everything like that, because it doesn't, but like in the grand scheme of things, but for these teams individually, these organizations individually, massive impact in terms of what, how these two teams can walk away. Yeah. And even before the game gets played, just the fact that you have that kind of rhetoric coming out of the Panthers locker room on Wednesday about how they want to go out here and play hard, how they want to finish the job that they're still locked in, even though they yeah. missed their opportunity to have this be a meaningful game and to play this game on the road and be able to go to the playoffs if they were to beat the Saints, had they beaten the, the Buccaneers. That tells me everything about Steve Wilkes and what the kind yeah. of culture he's been able to build over the last 13 weeks here in Carolina. And that should speak volumes also to the, the head man there in charge in David Tepper as he yep. sees his, the team is still like, hey, we're still trying to win, man. Like we're still going out here and we're still battling for each other, for this head coach. Like that to me, that says all that you need to know about Steve Wilkes as a leader and whether he deserves this job here in Carolina. It's not that he deserves it. I think he's definitely earned it. And I've said he hasn't earned it. It's not necessarily he's earned a job in Carolina. He's earned a job somewhere in the somewhere. NFL. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for and, sure. like these owners need to like wake up. Anyone else who's trying to fire their coach, look at the job that this guy's done as an interim. It's he's done a better coaching job than guys who are making millions of dollars to be the actual head men. Ain't, ain't that the truth <laughs> ain't that the truth and that's why nathaniel hackett didn't make it a year all oh, right so God. coming up next what we're gonna do here is speaking of the offseason both of these teams are gonna have pretty eventful offseason so what could the carolina panthers whether you're rooting for them or rooting against them next year or the new orleans saints whether you're rooting for them or rooting against them next year look like in 2023 uh julian and i are going to break down some of the changes that we could see for both of these clubs over the offseason we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up our crossover thursday edition locked on panthers and locked on saints hey if you're looking for a delicious treat 
to get your new year started off right. I know y'all got new year's resolutions trying to make sure that you're in a situation here to where you are like getting fit, snacking right, eating right, all of that. Well, Built Bar is absolutely the way that you got to go. You got to try Built Bar. So whether you got through the holidays and you're looking to maybe eat a little bit healthier, I know I need to get on my January diet, Julian, because my holiday diet was not great. I mean, it was great. It was enjoyable, but it was not healthy for me. So healthy can actually be tasty if you check out Built Bar. We've got some incredible flavors like churro, uh, peanut butter brownie, which is one of my, my personal favorites, coconut almond, which is a hit here on the Locked On Podcast Network, along with their a couple of their uh, rotating flavors that you get all the time. It's about 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein in each of these bad boys. And now... Not only can you find them over at Built.com, but if you've got a Walmart or a Sam's Club local to you, you can find them there as well. So if you go to your nearest Walmart today, you're going to be able to find a four box of either cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs, another favorite. Uh, Or if you have a Sam's Club near you, you can get a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. So, you know, you can thank Julian and I later. No problem. Just shoot us a DM. Tell us how much you love it. You built bars. We know how it goes. We know how it goes. We get them all the time. So if you want to check them out, it is built.com or head over to your nearest uh, Walmart or Sam's Club today. Built Bar, best tasting protein bar on the market. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, wrapping up our crossover Thursday episode, Locked On Panthers and Locked On Saints. Julian, it's going to be an eventful offseason for both of these teams. What are some of the changes? We've talked about head coach, of course, but what are some of the other changes that we could see for the Panthers on the way? Yeah, usually I dread the offseason because I am not someone who's a huge fan of, like, talking draft and the lead up there. Uh But, hey, of course, I'm going to talk about it, give the listeners what they want. Like, that's not my favorite part. Of the NFL calendar, which the NFL, as we know, it's like now 365, oh, yeah. uh, 24-7. I guess it's going to be leap year next year. Oh, that's not it. We're in 20. I don't know why I said that. Whatever. <laughs> next year's a leap year. This is not. You just I want think. an extra day on that calendar, don't, don't you, Julian? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's, <laughs> but either way, it's going to be an eventful offseason. Like, I'm actually excited about it because usually it's like, oh, man, football season's over. Like, mm-hmm. I love, of course, free agency and talking about, like, what it could look like. But I yeah. actually like talking about the games and the actual tangible things that we there's see. nothing like actual football yeah you know? so i just uh it's gonna be it's gonna be long but it's also gonna be fun like i think the next this whole this next month is gonna be about the coaching search yeah. probably isn't really get figured out until maybe early february because there's gonna be candidates i think like Tamiko ryan's who mm-hmm. should get an interview and you look at shane steichen who it might take them a while before they really get a proper interviews here in carolina so in the draft lead up but as far as changes go Maybe there's a change in head coach. That's going to be the first domino to fall. My hope is that's not the case, that Steve Wilkes maintains the job here. It's not Steve Wilkes. I would love to meet Ryan's out in San Francisco. The job he's done building that defense, I can only imagine what he could do if guys like Jeremy Chin and Brian Burns and Derek Brown and and J.C. Horn, this young core. Like, that's the thing. Like, hey, we want to talk about offensive guys, but how about a dude 
who at 38 has the best defense in the league. He's played in the league. And we're seeing just how important that is, especially this week, what's gone on yeah. with DeMar yeah. Hamlin and having coaches who can understand and relate with these players. D'Amico Ryans can absolutely do it. He's played at a high level in this league. So if it's not going to be Steve Wilkes, I would endorse that. But so the first change, maybe not a change, we have a head coach and what happens there. Quarterback for sure. Sam mm-hmm. Darnold, the book has closed on him after last Sunday. He's turnover prone. Again, I don't necessarily think he played bad. I thought he actually played fairly well outside of the three turnovers. The interception absolutely attributed to him. The first fumble, Bradley Bozeman, two, like he wasn't expecting the snap, but he then, again, you got to fall on it. You got a little yeah. bit of damage. And then Nicky Aquana gets beat. Sam fumbles. That's not too much on him either. It's about one and a half of the turnovers. I'll, play, I'll blame Sam Darnold for on Sunday. Sure. But he's not a franchise guy. Mm-hmm. And David Tepper talks about bringing in a quarterback that can hoist the Lombardi trophy. And as good as Sam Darnold, as well as he's played over the last couple of weeks, and as much progress as he's made from last season, yeah, it's not enough for you to think that he's ever going to be that guy. So a quarterback, especially something they're going to have to change for what the fourth straight off season, whatever it is at this point yeah. in time, 2020, 2021, 2022. Yeah. So four straight off season, I would imagine it's going to be a rookie. And I would imagine it's likely to be CJ Stroud. Cause that's the guy that they're going to have to be able. That's the only guy they're going to be able to get. Because it's not going to be Bryce Young. I don't love Will Levis. I don't necessarily love Anthony Richardson right now. He maybe mm-hmm. can develop into that guy. CJ Stroud looks like a right now guy in Carolina, right? Exactly. And yeah. it's I, and you look at the roster, like they're not that far away. Because I already mentioned the defensive guys that Scott Bitter, the general manager at the deadline, said, Hey, I'm not trading them. He also didn't want to trade DJ Moore, who the Rams apparently were offering what two first round picks or what? Yeah, it was, two, was... it was two first round picks for the for um Brian Burns, but the Packers apparently were offering like a first round pick go. or whatever to DJ Moore. So I think they have a solid core. You have your offensive line outside of Bradley Bozeman, the starting center, that are t- locked in for next year. And I think Bradley Bozeman, who immediately when he came to town, him and his wife were doing charity work. I think he loves being that's here awesome. in Charlotte. And I think people, I, I, know, I know everyone would love to have him back. So that's a guy who I think is going to come back here next year. So I don't think there's going to be too many roster changes as far mm-hmm. as like the core foundation. You got to pl- you know plug in some holes, find some depth. But really, coach, quarterback – those are likely the biggest changes that we're going to see. And, of course, the coaching staff and OC, Ben McAdoo, I don't imagine he would stay on whether Wilkes is the guy or if someone else comes in. Mm-hmm. They're going to find new OC, which would be a vital role, especially, and quarterback coach, as OB, likely a very young rookie quarterback in here coming into a roster that I think next season, if they have the right coaching staff, I think they're ready to compete. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny to me just to – think about the fact that the green bay packers offered two first round picks for dj moore because like if only they had previous first round picks they could have invested at wide receiver with or something like how wild is that but for the new Orleans saints i I think that there's there's a little bit for 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 the saints and their offseason changes here and just real quick actually thinking about the carolina panthers changes I don't. I. 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 I'm completely with you about the idea of like roster changes. They're probably not that many on the way because it's. It's. It's a solid roster when everyone's healthy. Obviously, they're dealing with injuries in the secondary. That makes a big difference. Everything, but like that defense is going to be a draw for defensive head coaches Absolutely. if they do. You know what I mean? Like big time. And it'll be a draw for offensive coaches too who want the ball in the offense's hands. Like that's the kind of defense you want. That's going to be able to get people off the field. That's going to be able to generate takeaways. That plays kind of that positionless try. You know, real ability to confuse the quarterback. Kind of thing and the nfc south as a division should have a draw next year for any head coach that wants to come in and go to the playoffs their wide first open year. Whereas it's wide open like there's no especially if brady leaves yeah yeah and honestly even if brady stays <laughs> as we as we saw this year but it makes a massive difference if he leaves you know it makes a massive yeah. difference if he leaves for sure that'd be quarterback uncertainty at all four of right. the teams in the division 
Right. And so if you're a coach and you're like, okay, that team has a high enough draft pick that I can go and get my guy, go and get the guy that I want and be the only, potentially the only team in that division that has a coach with his guy at quarterback, that's a, that's pretty appealing. That's a yeah. pretty appealing situation. And that includes Steve Wilkes, right? Um, I think for the Saints, the, the, the changes won't start at head coach. They'll start at coordinator. I, I 100% expect, unless Sean Payton is like, hey, Mickey, what's going on? Miss y'all. Like, unless that happens and you get like a late, you know, Mickey's getting like a late you up text, like that's not happening. And so for me, like, I don't see any other changes happening at head coach. I think Dennis Allen comes back. He gets a second year. Uh, he's on a four-year contract. It's kind of cost prohibitive to move on from him. And the only way that it makes sense, especially if they win this game, like you really want to be the team that, moves on from a head coach after he goes on a four game win streak to end the season. Like that's not a great situation. If he's not your interim, right? If it's his first year as a head coach, good luck getting any viable head coaching candidates while you have that same ownership and that same general manager. And so I just don't think that the saints are crazy enough to make that mistake unless Sean Payton is returning because then it's, it's kind of an unprecedented situation, right? The guy that you've invested 15 years in wants to come back. I think more people would be understanding of that. And it doesn't matter anyway, because if he comes back, you can imagine that the saints would say you can come back, but you're taking a contract extension. Uh, when you come back to, you're not just getting two years to, to bounce and go somewhere else. So I, I don't think that it starts at head coach unless the completely unheralded or un, un, unheralded unexpected happens. Um, so I think the changes start at coordinator. I, I think offensive coordinator is a position where the saints have had so much uncertainty Pete Carmichael has done a, uh, an excellent job over the course of his tenure in New Orleans, but this year as the play caller, it just hasn't worked. Like you see key players not on the field at key moments. You see, you know, this, this idea of like trying to zig and uh, you know, zig when everyone expects you to zag, when zagging probably would have worked, all these other things. Like there's just been so much of that kind of stuff that, you know, everyone at home, everybody in the league, everybody in media is looking at him going, well, why aren't you doing this? And that's usually a pretty good indicator of you know, when an offensive coordinator is not in his right spot. So um, I don't know if he steps back to a different role or if he, or if he leaves new Orleans or if he goes wherever Sean ends up, all of that's possible. But I do think that the saints bring in another offensive coordinator next year, but they're not going to be first in line, right? They're not going to be first in line there because Bill Belichick's going to be able to hire whoever he wants. I'm sure he's probably going to reunite with Bill O'Brien, which is going to be weird, but it'll happen. Snooze. Um, snooze and then uh you know the if if the chargers move on from joe lombardi then all of a sudden there's an opening there with like the one of the best young quarterbacks in the nfl any offensive coordinator is going to want to go there um if eric Bieniemy finally gets a job this offseason anybody's going to go going to go going to go going to want to go and work with patrick mahomes that was tough um matt Nagy is going to get elevated probably oh gosh yeah yikes well that what could have been in K in Kansas City uh, <laughs> and stuff and so like you know I, I think the Saints are going to be kind of like in there but without the 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 quarterback draw without the head coach draw they're going to kind of be like fourth or fifth in line for you know a good offensive coordinator and so they're going to have to be creative about who that guy is and, and, and where they pull that person from uh, the Saints right now are using a co defensive coordinator structure. Took him a little while to get that figured out. It wasn't a failure at all, but I wonder if they're looking at moving away from that. And then, of course, if Sean goes somewhere, if that if he ends up trying to poach somebody from that defensive staff, although, he, like you mentioned, he seems like he wants to go with Fangio as his DC. And I've heard that locally, too, so I, I assume that that is, that is correct. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the other piece that I look at here is, of course, quarterback. 
because like we're we're gonna have a wonderful time this weekend watching the red rifle and the red bb gun go at one another here in you know for the saints and and, and the panthers but like they're the saints have a quarterback problem and, and they've got to get it solved because Jameis is very unlikely to be in new orleans next year um andy dalton's not under contract Taysom hill isn't a quarterback um <laughs> There's like so many, yeah, and for those listening, I did air quotes for that. Um, and so like, there's so many like big questions. So are they going to go for a rookie quarterback? Are they going to try to court a Jimmy G or a Geno Smith, like a veteran quarterback? Uh, you know, so that's going to be really interesting to kind of see where that goes. And how does that factor in with the OC and all these other things? Like there's so many different pieces, but I'll tell you what, the Saints young talent Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, if they keep Michael Thomas or however that whole situation works out, I think that has to be on a renegotiated deal. Uh, not a restructured, but renegotiated deal. Like, they have a lot of weapons, and they're going to be good over on the defensive side again and all that, especially if they can fix their defensive interior problem, which if you thought Dante Foreman has had a, a good season so far, he's about to cap it off against a very, very prone uh, run defense uh, against the uh, uh, going up against the Saints to close out the year. And so I could see the Saints, you know, having a good active offseason, but it's all going to kind of the success of it is going to be getting the coordinators right, getting the play callers right. Uh, and I think Dennis Allen will remain the play caller on the defensive side, but that offensive coordinator position, I think, is the most important part for their offseason. Yeah, it's interesting to see as far as the NFC South goes. Because I mean, Atlanta, I don't know how much they believe in Desmond Ritter. And you would have to imagine that year three for the general manager. I mean, Terry Fano probably gets another head coach. Typically, that's how it works. They get mm -hmm. two coaches. But as far as Arthur Smith goes, like it's do or die time for him. And yeah. Atlanta's going to be in a position where they could also take a quarterback if they want to. So does he ride with Desmond Ritter? Or does he bring in somebody, you know, as a veteran? But they already did it with Marcus Mariota. We've seen how that worked out. Mariota basically quit on the team. Uh, and he wasn't great when he was available. Right. And in Tampa, it feels like Brady's probably gone. Mm -hmm. and Todd Bowles is already kind of like in a hot seat talk because like the team hasn't been that good this year. Right. So it's hard to even see where that team goes. And then, you know, I know for New Orleans, like you mentioned, like trying to find a quarterback in Carolina in that same boat, but like Carolina, the changes, like it, they keep the coach. He finds the right OC. They get a quarterback. It's like add another corner, at least for depth, because Dante Jackson and Jason Horner both had season ending injuries the last two years. Um, also, you need a pass catching tight end. That would be great. I know yeah. they don't really want to do that for some reason the last couple of years. <laughs> at least when Matt Rule was here, right. that'd be great to add someone who can actually play tight end and catch the football and be a threat in a pass game. Novel. Maybe another wide receiver. And that's basically it, man. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're, they're uh, maybe another defensive tackle too, but like they're not out here needing to completely build this roster. Like this is a young roster that is just, I mean, a quarterback, stability away. And like a little bit, you know, sprinkle some other stuff around here from being at the, the class of the division, potentially. And that was the whole thing about Matt Rule. Like you got to 2022, your third year, the quarterback was supposed to be in place. Like this roster yeah. is supposed to be ready to compete and he got everything wrong. But somehow over the last 12 games or 11 games, Steve Wilkes has been able to find an identity and show that, hmm, maybe this roster isn't that bad. It's just coaching and culture. And then, hey, you get a quarterback in here and some competence. This could be a pretty good team. Yep.
Yeah, it's funny, like, the way that we talk about it, right? Like, oh, yeah, they just got to get the coach right, the coordinator right, the quarterback right, and then they'll be fine. Like, we're both kind of, like, talking about it from yeah. that point. But those are those are big things that they that they have to get right. And then there's some supplementary stuff around. Like, I can see the Saints also wanting to beef up at defensive tackle. I can see the Saints trying to bring in, you know, a, another running back to pair with Alvin Kamara so that they can really get back to, like, change of pace, like Mark Ingram, Kamara, Latavius Murray, Kamara days. And then, you know, just trying to maintain the the other guys to make sure that they don't leave. Like, that, that kind of becomes the next big piece so uh yeah. it's gonna be so interesting you know i think this is gonna be a fun game this weekend uh i think these two teams have do have a lot to play for personally uh for their coaches for the league as a whole uh a lot of them you are you know there's personal connections to damar hamlin i'm sure that that's motivating as well so there's a lot of different things that are going to be a lot of fun to watch and i think this is going to be a quality good football game uh and then hopefully one that propels us into a, a really really fun off season but um it won't be us waiting until next year to talk to one another again, Julian, that's for sure, uh, because we should check in all throughout the offseason and figure out which one of these two teams is going to be the team that's going to be the talk of the NFC South next season. Because the, the, the one thing that I think, okay, all right, chill, chill, okay? <laughs> We're supposed to have the conversation, have the conversation. <laughs> but I can tell you this, it's not going to be the Falcons, and it's probably not going to be the Bucks. So, you know. It's it definitely not going to be the Falcons. We can definitely agree on that. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry, actually. All right, y'all, we appreciate you so much for making us your first listen here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Saints. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Locked On Sports today. Go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with the Locked On local experts uh, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. For Julian Council, on uh, at Julian Council on Twitter, myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter. We thank you very much. Make sure you tune in Friday for our continued episodes here, getting you ready for this weekend's matchup and beyond because we're both looking towards the offseason uh, for all of you. So make sure you're coming through for all the great work here on Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.